Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Please leave a message after the tone. Hello? My name is Adam Sandler, and welcome to So 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 Sandler's, the Sandman Movie Podcast. A gabagoo! Welcome to So 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 Sandlerus, the Sandman movie podcast, a podcast where we discuss the movies of famed kidnapper Adam Sandler. My name is Kerry Jones, and as always, I am joined by my dearest friend and co-host, Matt Wollstenholm. Oh, thank you very much for having me back, Kerry. Oh, it's great to be here. Yeah, I mean, we're here together every single week, so I, I, I don't think I'm having you back. I just think it's, <laughs> it's something that we've ingrained to our weekly schedule now. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Mutually, mutually important. Yeah, one hundred percent. No, no, definitely. I, I couldn't do this without you. Oh. I, I could. No, I, I would have given up ages ago. I can't cope so with the these mo- movies. We've given uh, the most emotional Adam Sandler movie so far. The most emotional start to the podcast. Oh, we're on thing, guys. <laughs> do you think this is the most emotional so far? Yeah, I reckon so. Do you not think? Um, or it's a- yeah, I guess. I thought the wedding thing would be more emotional than what it was. But yeah, actually, yeah, this is probably the most emotional so far, especially at the end. Oh, someone's oh got the onions out at the end. Yeah. Um, so this movie, Matt, it's... Uh, Daddy, what's your history with this movie? Fuck, I've, I've seen this probably 200 times. Like, I watched this probably once a week as a kid. Yeah. It's just on DVD. It was just one of them DVDs I had, and it was just always good. I know the jokes always ran through, and then I don't think I've seen this probably since I was like, I don't think I've seen this in 10, 12 years easily. I think I'm exactly the same. As a kid, it was something that I would quote all the time and watch all the time, like probably on a weekly occurrence, and then haven't watched it since I was about 12, 13. But going back this week, it wasn't what I was expecting. Oh. You know, <laughs> <That> was... <laughs> I, I, no, I, I see what you mean. I, I was expecting my judgment to be a lot more clouded by nostalgia than what it was. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I think mine definitely was. Then, <laughs> <laughs> um, look, no, obviously it was a, it was a very funny movie, and there was a couple a couple of funny bits throughout, and a couple of heartwarming bits throughout. But yeah, I, I don't know how I felt about this. Wait, okay, yeah, that's good though. It, it, it's a difference of opinion this week, then. The only problem is your podcast scores are going to pull ahead <laughs> way, way more than... Uh, nah, I, I don't think I'd give this a bad review. It's just not It's just not what I remembered, you know? No, yeah, fair enough. No, I see what you mean. Just didn't hold up like you thought it would. I think it held up as a good film, a good yeah. movie. But I, I don't think it hit 
hit as hard as what it used to when I was younger. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. This week's movie is uh, Big Daddy. New York. If you want to enter the greatest city on earth, first, you have to get by one person. Shut up! You shut up! Let's go! I'm waiting on you! Sonny Koufax had an easy job. You're a toll collector. Where are you going? Uh, you want to take me with you? I guess. And led a simple life. The delivery guy's like your best friend. Come back later today. I'll, I'll end and wrestle you. <laughs> okay, peace out. Until the day... You refuse to move on to the next phase of your life. She wants different things, you know? His girlfriend dumped him for someone else. I found someone. This old guy? He has a five-year plan. What is it? Don't die? Now, to win her back... I gotta do something big with my life. He's getting her a little surprise. I want you to meet Julian, my son. Our son, I adopted him. <laughs> Great. Now what? Now... You wear a diaper? No. Sonny Koufax is finding out... Can I have a nightlight? Nightlight? Once you adopt a kid... There you go, all right? You better give that kid back. I tried to give him back. You got to keep him. Go back to sleep. I wet my bed. Mm, all right. Nice and dry. No more wetness. Do that thing I taught you the other day. <laughs> That one touched the ground. That one touched the ground. Columbia Pictures presents... We stop serving breakfast at 10.30. No! Oh, please. Don't cry. Don't cry. You got a happy meal? Can we get a happy meal? Well, somebody get you to the happy meal! Adam Sandler. It's gonna be fun. Are you nervous? Happy Halloween. We got a first timer out here. Do the right thing, buddy. Hang out right here for a second, all right? Hey, you. What? Big Daddy. That's it. Okay, yeah, that's that's good. Trick or treat. Next year, be prepared, moron. Big Daddy is a 1999 American comedy film directed by Dennis Dugan and Frank Tim Hurley and Adam Sandler. It stars Adam Sandler, Joey Lauren Adams, John Stewart, Rob Schneider, Cole and Dylan Sprouse, and Leslie Mann. So we have. Obviously, Adam Sandler, he's back. He's the reason that we're doing this uh, whole podcast as Sonny Koufax. But <laughs> returning, we've got Dennis Dugan, who previously directed Happy Gilmore. And yes. he was in Happy Gilmore. Has he directed anything since? I don't know. Possibly. I don't think so. Because Frank Perrachi did. he only did, did two at the start? No, no, since we've spoken about Happy Gilmore. Oh, sorry. Has he done anything else? Um... Because Frank Caracci did The Wedding Singer and Waterboy, and then we had Dirty Work, yeah. which was Bob Saget. So, yeah, I think Dennis Dugan's back for the first time since um, Happy Gilmore. Tim Hurley, he obviously writes everything with Sandler. Um, a shout out in this movie as a character. He, he's in this movie as well. As <laughs> He's in this movie twice, I think, as two separate characters. And then oh, nice. Steve Frank, he... Have you seen the TV show Psych? Nah, not even. It's, Don't know what that is. It's um, it's a TV show, and the guy he's like works with the cops, and he's a psychic and NCIS type show, but funny and 
but yeah, he, he's written a lot of the psych episodes throughout the years. And then Joey Lauren Adams, she is what's her the name? only thing I think I remember seeing her in is in like Chasing Amy, and that's a fucking weird movie. I've never seen Chasing Amy. That's Kevin. Well, that's not that's not a movie I'd recommend. Yeah, for one 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 like week, I went and watched every single Kevin Smith movie, and then because uh, I love Kevin Smith, Clerks is probably one of my favorite films ever. But Chasing Amy is fucking weird. <laughs> oh, she was in Coneheads. Was she? Coneheads as Christina. She was in Dazed and Confused. Um, Wait, she she's already bit, she's a repeat. Who is she in Coneheads? Um, somebody called Christina. Not this. Who the fuck is that? I don't know. No idea. Chasing Amy nominated for a Golden Globe. Um, Big Daddy, this. Dr. Doolittle 2, she was a squirrel. Jane Sell and Bob Strike Back. Yeah, so she's been in a lot of Kevin Smith stuff. And then a lot of stuff in her later filmography. Don't even have a link on Wikipedia. Fuck knows. Yeah, I literally can't think of anything I know her in other than Jane Sell and Bob. Chase and Amy. And Jace and James Allen Bob then. <laughs> and then John Stewart, what he was on the, the Daily Show. He was the anchor on for that like for like sixteen years. Yeah. Yeah. Um now it's Fucking Trevor. love John Stewart. He's hilarious. And he's great in this actually. Yeah, he's not really in it a lot, but he's he's, he's very really good, good in this. this. Rob Schneider, he's back from uh last week. Fucking easily my favorite character in this. Yep. I think. It, it, it's between it's between two. He's so good in this. Um Dylan Nicole Sprouse, so they're playing uh, dual roles, probably yeah. most famous as Zach and Cody, but they also appeared in Friends as Ross's kid. And yeah, they're uh, Ben. And Cole Sprouse is currently in my favourite TV show, uh, Riverdale. Oh, fuck me, we've got two weeks in a row we had a Riverdale mention reference. <laughs> and then um, Le- Les, a very famous actress. Well, She's in a bunch of stuff, watch the, the Doctor. Um, She's coming back in Funny People. Yeah, she's and in this. Yeah, she's in... She's not only in this and then... Fun, I yeah, think so. it's not. Yeah. But it's Leslie Mann. I'll, um, I'll just get... Wait. Yeah, so she's in she... Funny People, Seventeen Again, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, Drillbit Taylor, 40 Year Old Virgin. Just... Drillbit Taylor? Fuck me. Anything... I not in a while. Judd Apatow has written or directed. Also in this movie, we get the typical cast of Sandler's friends as well who pop up throughout. Yes. So, Matt, you this week have uh, found a plot synopsis online. And what we are going to do is you're going to read me that plot synopsis and then I'm going to decide whether we curb that blurb. And by curb, I mean if it's a shit plot synopsis, I'll take it outside, make it bite the pavement and kick it in the back of the head. But if it's a good one... Oh. We'll uh, let it walk. It's allowed to go free with all its teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually on the curb stomp in Wikipedia this week. Jesus, how was that? It, it wasn't very uh, It wasn't very nice. It, it happens a lot more than uh, you'd expect. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, there, there's a little incidents tab, and yeah, it happens all Christ. the time. <laughs> right. Just to... Well, just so everyone's aware, there is a... There's apparently a curb stomping epidemic happening globally. <laughs> Please stop curb stomping people. It's only the blurbs, not the people. And so, Carrie, I'm now going to read you this blurb, and you're going to have to decide if you're going to curb stomp it or if you're going to let it walk. Okay? Matt, where, where did you find it from? So I found this on a 
definitely legitimate streaming site that I watched this movie on. <laughs> you got to give back to the arts. You got to give back to the arts. You have to. So, Carrie, Big Daddy, unreliable and unmotivated 32-year-old bachelor, Sonny Koufax, lives in New York City and, de- and declines to take an adult responsibility. Although he has a law degree, he refuses to take the bar exam and works one day a week as a toll booth attendant. That is the blurb. Would you like to curb stop that blurb or would you like to let that blurb walk free? But that's, that's a curb stomp. That is 100% a curb stomp. <laughs> well, that's not first, a curb stomp. First of all, he's not a bachelor. He has a girlfriend Good at point. the start of the movie. And that's then, very they, true. then they break up. And then within, what, two days, he's already hitting on Layla. So <laughs> yeah, he, he's, not a, he's not a bachelor. He's basically shacked up throughout this entire movie with two different women. And then the start of this movie is just a phone call between Sonny and it's, his it's, dad. Yeah. And the phone call is talking about how he's taken the bar exam and he's refusing to work as a lawyer, how he's a bum, and how he works in a toll booth one day a week. So that plot synopsis there literally just described the first, what, 50 seconds of the movie? <laughs> and it lied. And it lied. All right, so I think we both are in a... In a in agree in, a, in agreement there of what should happen to this uh, this blurb. Yeah, we are gonna kick that in the back of the head and knock out all its teeth. Fuck it up, because yeah, it's literally the first thirty seconds of the movie and doesn't tell you anything about what's supposed to happen or anything that might happen or is alluded to. No, that's dog shit. Because I I mean <clears throat> that stuff does come back up throughout throughout this for like the first twenty minutes, I guess. Yeah. It's literally just, the, like, the plot synopsis they've written here is essentially saying, this man is lazy, but has a law degree. Yeah. And works no. one day a week. Fuck. <laughs> I don't know if that really grabs you into the movie. No, we're, we're, we're curb <laughs> We are Straight up. Not, a, oh. not even a question. So, Matt, I have also found some reviews online. So... This review came from The Guardian in 1999. So this guy here, Philip French, he probably went to the London premiere and he watched this movie on the big screen and this is what he wrote about this movie. He hasn't given a star rating, but I think we can figure it out by what he's written. So well, that doesn't sound positive. <laughs> Even worse than The Waterboy, Big Daddy casts Adam Sandler once again as a babyish misfit. In this case... a in this case, a law school graduate of great brilliance who sees his contemporaries getting rich and settled while he works one day a week as a toll booth clerk and watches sports on TV. He's redeemed by having to care for a five-year-old orphan, kill an end a succession of jokes about peeing, and proves himself a caring father. This time out, Sandler is not just unfunny, his character is a mean-minded, insensitive bore, and the way he terrorizes a middle-aged man who won trick-or-treat to Halloween could have been used as a training short for Hitler's brown shirts. Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, I was with him until the last line. I mean, fair enough. There's some stuff in this movie that, yeah, you won't agree with, and his character is a bit of a piece of shit. But fuck me, he's not a Nazi. Jesus Christ. Oh. This guy from The Guardian needs to fucking have a word with himself. Fuck me. Oh, yeah, so, um, <laughs> what, what do you think? Uh, do, do you think uh, Sonny Koufax is the Nazis just for oh, terrorizing? I, I don't know. 
I mean, he might be a couple of notches below. I don't know if he's quite on their level. Yeah, okay. I, I, uh, I agree with that. For, for a half kidnapping a child that has I, been I, essentially essentially delivered to him by a random person in the street. Yeah, it, it was. A kid, <laughs> a kid who was paid five bucks. To um, literally just bring him a child. This this guy is called uh, Philip French, though, so I think he does have a problem with the Nazis. Philip French is a shit name. <laughs> That's a proper shit name. Uh, as well as critics' reviews, which, I mean, when we're doing standalone films, all critics' reviews are just going to be shit. Oh, yeah, like... Berate him for nothing. Not getting any good critical reviews, especially in the early days. I, I've also found some audience reviews. So this one is a one-star review from Adam Frost of Vendrick. And he says, I wish there was some kind of specialized brain surgery I could get to forget that I ever saw this movie. It's sad when Rob Schneider is the saving grace of something. Uh, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree with the Rob <laughs> Schneider thing. Yeah. R- Rob <laughs> Schneider is the best part of this movie. Rob Schneider is incredible in this. <laughs> uh, and then um, I got another one here. Five stars from Kim. And she says, yeah, five stars. Suck my balls. This movie fucks. <laughs> Which. Right. I, I think this movie does fuck. <laughs> I reckon so. Yeah. So this movie gets laid. This movie is a fuckable movie. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I, after hearing some reviews, Matt, uh, <laughs> how do you think this movie fared on uh, Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, I, I don't know. I thought, it was, I always I, thought this one was quite well received. I, I'm going to give you a clue. It's basically exactly the same as every other movie we've done so far. Oh well, all right. Well, so, Matt, so, what, so we've got what, sh- what one of the critics. Then? Oh, just, uh, this isn't as bad as that. Surely they can't have rated it as bad as some of the other ones. Like because this is oh, no. it's like thirties, twenty thirties, thirty-two, thirty-nine percent. Okay, so yeah. I I think it's I in the same ballpark that. as every star in Sandler film, apart from going overboard and. What do you think the audience give this movie, Matt? At least 70. 74 76. Oh, okay. 74. So 74. exactly the same as every other week. Audience love it. Yeah. Critics hate it. And Classic. the o- audience who hate it are just boring fuckers. Of course they are. It's just fucking... Well, it's what? It's every, every, every single movie. It's not even... It's like... Yeah, it's just fucking... Yeah. I'm not even here to defend Adam Sandler and say his movies are amazing. It's just, you know, it's the easiest tactic in the world to just be like, oh shit, no, we're gonna write a shit review. Yeah. I think Adam Sandler's a easy person to bully because because he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't care. Yes, yeah, he's not gonna care. When when Adam Sandler comes to movies, I feel like he thinks, okay, what are some funny scenes we can put in, but what's the prettiest location that we can visit for three months? What? Right, where's where's good? Where's a great location that's still going to be relatively cheap to film on? See, I, I, apart from this, they're in New York. This is, I think, this is—is is this the first one where they're not, where they're like just in one place in the city? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I, think, I think this so. is probably the first that's properly shot on real locations as well. Yeah, or places that look real, you know, because if it feels I, like every- yeah. Every, everything else had some sort of heightened reality to it, but this just felt like it was set in New York. It looked very New York. It was kind of darker than the rest of the movies we've seen. Yeah, so like I would say this is a little bit more realistic than the previous movies. Like there's yeah, a little yeah. bit of like 
can not make believe, but a little bit of like obviously some camera magic and just a little bit of more believable. Like you need a little bit more believability in the other movies, like The Water Boy and like Happy Gilmore and stuff. It's just a little bit far fetched, but like is obviously still based in like a realish universe. Whereas this is just like it's just New York. Yeah, and, and it's yeah. not. No, I, yeah. I completely agree. This is the first one that feels like it's set in uh, some sort of reality. Like, yeah. ordinary rea- reality. Right. Um, mm. Before we get into the movie, um, box office for this movie, the budget was $34 million. Do you have any idea what it grossed? This is late 90s. He's, yeah. he's well, he's thoroughly established at this point. And it's pretty obvious that audiences are going to go and watch his movie. So I'm, this did well, I think. This did do very, very well. This movie did a $234 million at the box office. Jesus. And I believe, yeah, domestic box office. This was the seventh highest grossing movie of the year. In 99? Yeah. So this was number seven. The Mummy was number eight. This made more money. This than beat the-, the Mummy? In, yeah, in the States anyway. Really? Okay, it's really the fuck. Um, then That's surprising. In number six was Tarzan. Number five was The Matrix. Four was Toy Story 2. Number three was Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Number two was The Sixth Sense. And then number one was Phantom Menace. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I literally couldn't think of what it was for any... <laughs> did not know what you were going to say then. And then I was... It makes sense. Wasn't expected that. That's awful. Isn't that crazy that Phantom Menace? This movie was number seven for the year, and six to one are movies people would probably consider classics of the genre. And if not, like the Matrix even the movie. one after, even the movie after this, yeah, and then top ten, <laughs> like every... <laughs> And number nine was the Runaway Bride. Never heard of it. No. And then ten, ten was the Blair Witch Project. Oh yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So you get like, and out of a list of ten movies, you have like eight abs or seven absolutely iconic ones, and then yeah. like two or three where you might disagree. So I would say the iconic movies here are probably Star Wars Episode One, The Sixth Sense, Toy Story Two, Matrix, and The Mummy and Blair Witch Project. I don't yeah. think I don't Tarzan was coming towards the end of Disney's. Renaissance. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with Tarzan. Yeah, because mm. Tarzan was the one just before Atlantis, but it was after your favorite movie, Hercules. Hey, <laughs> oh, fucking leave Hercules alone. Hey, Hercules is a fantastic movie. Hercules um, is the second best. What's the first best? Lion King. Oh, okay. No, no, no ifs, ands, or buts. No one's having an argument with you on this. You can accept that fact. What about Bedtime Stories, Sandler? That's a Disney movie. <laughs> Look. <laughs> I'll, we're, we're not going to be biased, just because. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll rate that accordingly when we get there. So, yeah, <laughs> let's just get into the plot of this movie. So, in NYC, can you... Oh, fuck's sake. Can you, can you so fax? <laughs> 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 in and <laughs> oh no! All right, oh, okay, good. good. We're back. 
In NYC, Sonny Koufax is a 32-year-old slacker who hasn't taken the bar exam, despite having received his law degree, works one day a week as a toll booth attendant, and lives off $200,000 compensation from a minor accident. His girlfriend Vanessa threatens to break up with him unless he takes more responsibility in life as Vanessa is le- Oh, more responsibility in life. As Vanessa is leaving, we meet Nazo, Sonny's friend and delivery driver. So... Yeah, so we get obviously get the opening to the movie. We get the the phone call we were talking about before, and we hit on that. Him talking to his dad, and he's basically just a waste of space. Yeah, doing nothing, existing on uh, a two hundred thousand dollars settlement he got from it, getting his foot run over by a taxi. Yeah, um, he's living the dream. <laughs> he is living the dream. Yeah, one day a week in a toll booth, and he enjoys getting lifts home with old men. Yeah, <laughs> where you headed? <laughs> and then, yeah, save that guy seventy-five cents on a toll. Yeah, he probably spent more in uh, petrol <laughs> dropping <laughs> dropping this guy off at his house. And and then, yeah, um, we meet his girlfriend Vanessa. She is a she's an events planner, and because Sonny's a lazy piece of shit, he turns off the alarm, and she wakes up late, and then she's just having a go at Sonny for being a waste of space and not doing a job and she's like oh i i want to move on in life we need to get adult jobs we need to grow up you're just wasting your life away and you're pulling me down with you basically yeah she is just done with him at this point she (laughs) she's woken up late for work she's decided that he's just an absolute loser and just can't be asked with him at all but yeah and then as as she's leaving sunny's like oh um we'll just order takeout tonight and then she's like no, we, we order takeout every night. The delivery guy is basically your best friend. And as she says this, Rob Schneider knocks at the door and he's like, ah, I got some fudge cake I couldn't deliver. Do you need it? Yeah, so and, we, we get introduced to Rob Schneider's character here. Yeah, he's probably the best. Uh, no, he is the best uh, character in the whole movie. After this, um, his roommate, Kevin Garrity, is thrown a surprise going away party, which Sonny ruins by turning up before Kevin does. And the good surprise is wasted on him. And then he... Whoa, I always what? felt so bad for him in this scene. Who? For, for Adam Sandler's character, because he just basically comes home. Yeah. And oh, just yeah. gets loads of shit for no reason. Yeah. He, he, he just turns up. And yeah, good surprise wasted on him. And then Leslie Mann's character, Corinne, she's pissed that everybody wasted a good surprise on Sandler. And as they're arguing, Kevin just walks to the door and a guy looks at him like, ah, surprise. <laughs> just the one guy just. Hey, bro, how's it going? Surprise. <laughs> and then Corinne is super pissed off, so she goes and... She, this is what back. I mean. She just, like, looks at him and just, like, yeah. we wasted the good surprise on you. And I'm just... I was watching this, and I always watch this thinking, like, how the fuck is that his fault? <laughs> it's, it's not his fault. Yeah, so she okay. goes and... But you've also just given loads of shit. And then she, she's so annoyed, she just goes and hides in the bathroom for... Just, just a sulk, really. But yeah, she just goes for a cry. And just also, in the scene, we get um, Alan Covert and Peter Dante as Phil and Tommy, and Jonathan Lochran as Mike. In this in this movie, yes. Dante and Covert they are gay lawyers. And then, <laughs> <laughs> what, what? so I, I honestly, made, I reckon he just made them gay in this movie just because he could. <laughs> just because he's Adam Sandler. Yeah. Yeah. No, 
Just because I, I, he wanted his mates to have to, have, to just to do gay characters, I hundred percent reckon they did that. Yeah, I don't think back in nineteen ninety nine they would have included gay characters to be inclusive. Inclusive. It's no, it's not exactly. It's not exactly he, the most the nineties move in the world. I, uh, yeah, he would have just included them just to be like, you guys got to be gay. Yeah, but, well, because in this, like, it's Jonathan Loughran's character. Yeah, I don't think he has any lines in the movie <laughs> but he just makes like random just not like disgusted faces but like he's clearly he's clearly only just gotten used to like his two best friends being gay with each other and he's just like oh for fuck's sake yeah but but they've been gay for like 10 years together haven't they i no, i think it's only recently i think oh, they've all been friends this? for so long and then like they only became gay together recently because they say in oh, the movie right, like okay. you were all best friends and then these two like fell in love later on <laughs> oh right, okay. Um, yeah. Oh, Jonathan Lock- Lockerin does say he's like he says something like, oh, d- doesn't it freak you out that uh, that these guys are like these guys are gay?" Oh, like, the yeah. What does he say? He like, mentioned oh. something about the when they used to be at uni. Yeah, and then like, oh no, it's exactly the same except they shower together now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and then. When Corinne is in the bathroom, we're introduced to her sister Layla, um, who's the love interest yeah, in this so movie, we, and she's just, yeah. We get Joey Lauren Adams's character, and then she's just like, "Oh, don't don't worry about the party that time. We had a barbecue and it started raining, so Dad had to make five hundred burgers in a frying pan. Like he didn't let that get down. Just come out and enjoy." And she's like, "Okay, I'll come. <laughs> I'll come out and enjoy." And then fucking Jesus feeds the five hundred with fish and bread. Yeah. Off. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then towards the end of the party, um, Kevin proposes to Corinne before he leaves to China to work at a law firm. And yeah, she's like, "Yes, I'll marry you." But as as Kevin's going to make the announcement, he's like, uh, "Ladies and gentlemen, can I have your attention, please?" And then he, he's just go, going off. He's like. Yes, I'm moving to China. The same guy who shaved his ass for a $5 bet. And then he's, he's just going on. And then Sonny Koufax, Adam Sandler's character, goes, you're not going to propose, are you? And then he's like, um, <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, I am. Just completely ruins everything. <laughs> completely ruins um, Corinne's special moment. And Corinne works at Hooters as well. Well, she used to work at Hooters. Yeah, it's brought up in this movie the entire way through how she worked at Hooters when she was um, at medical school. Yeah, throughout this movie, and then after <laughs> she fucking hates it. <laughs> after they per after they get engaged, Sonny and uh, Kevin they have a conversation on the roof, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, we we we've grown up now. Like it, it was fun when we were in college, but this is the way that life needs to go." And then yeah. Then he's like, uh, can you please stop calling Corinne Big Boobs McGee? She's, she's a doctor <laughs> now, so Dr. Big, Bo- Big Boobs McGee to you. <laughs> and then Sanders sings the putt, Happy Gilmore style, and then this massive fucking rat just comes out of the, uh, the hole. Yeah, he puts the ball down the hole and this rat just crawls straight back out. <laughs> Nothing really so much. Um, yeah, so, so in that party scene, apart from the engagement and just learning that Sandler and Corinne hate each other. Not much really happens. The next day after the party, Sonny wakes up to find Corinne cleaning the place because he, he is a useless piece of shit. So if she didn't clean it, everything, yes. 
everything would be dirty forever. Yeah, he just he just like wakes up on the couch like the middle of the day, and she's already there at like not not at it's not her apartment, and she's just there cleaning up because yeah. he's just a piece of shit. And then uh, as she's cleaning, there is a knock on the door, and we just get this guy with a kid, and the guy's like, "Oh, oh yeah, they come give me five dollars to bring up bring him up here," and then and then this kid is just thrown into Adam's hands of life. <laughs> this so, is so weird. Yeah, completely weird. I I don't understand. Why you? I don't know like how that. this happens. No, same. Like, cause I'm, where? How did the kid get there? So I'm guessing his mother brought him down, found out where Kevin lived, and then just found a kid on the street. Like, I'll give you oh, five bucks. Do you reckon it was just her? Just was like, oh fuck it, I can't see him. Just send him up. Yeah, I reckon so. So this kid is called Julia McGrath, and he's a five year old. He's just left at their apartment. Um. A note states that his mother is no longer able to care for him and that Kevin is his biological father. Sonny contacts Kevin, who is puzzled by the news, but Sonny assures him he will take care of Julian and then he rings social services. Yeah, we get so, this scene and he, and he calls, calls John Stewart's character Kevin and he tells him, oh, there's a kid here, like, this woman has a kid, apparently it's your kid, you did come home, like, oh, we don't really know what's going on. And he's like, is there really a kid there, or is this like the time he <laughs> called me and told me both my parents were dead? <laughs> <laughs> fucking savage, Brian. Uh, oh. And then we found out the, the mother's name. I can't remember her name, but say say that it's Sarah. And Kevin's like, I don't, I don't even know a Sarah. And like, kid, where are you from? I was like, I'm from Buffalo. I was like, I've never been a Buffalo. So <laughs> Ke- Kevin doesn't fully believe that the, this kid is his. And then Corinne's trying to speak to this kid as well. But because he's super shy, he doesn't say anything. And then Corinne's like, what's wrong with him? He's like, he just... Sanders like, he just doesn't like you. Leave us alone. <laughs> and the- I love how no one questions this. <laughs> he, just, he just, this fucking five-year-old kid turns up out of nowhere. And she, she knows Adam Sandler's character at this point really yeah. well. Like, <laughs> she knows that he doesn't know a five-year-old. Doesn't question it. And I, I like in the scene how Sandler's speaking to Kevin, but he's pretending that it's... Um, his Uncle Remus. Like, like, Uncle Remus, yeah. It's like, I know Uncle Remus. Catfishes are huge. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of the scene, Sandler just rings social services and we find out that the social services is closed for Columbus Day. Yeah. So, so he's he just, just has to figure out. He's stuck, stuck with his kid for, his, for the day. So mm. here I, my notes have just gone off track. Okay. <laughs> so I've got... <laughs> My my next ro- note is crossing the road, so I, they decide to. Adam sounds like is like oh, on Wednesdays. I, I like to go to the park to watch rollerbladers fall over. So as they're walking to Central Park, we, we get the scene where they're walking and then they get to a road. Sandler walks forward and then Julian's just there, like oh, I need you to hold my hand. Yeah, it's just just arm outstretched, just stood on the pavement. Yep. Yeah, ain't going nowhere without hold hand. No. He, he needs the hand to cross the road. Then we're in Central Park and they're watching the rollerbladers come around. The... So to pass the time, Sandler enjoys going to Central Park and watching rollerbladers eat shit as they're coming down the hill too <laughs> fast. So we see, a, we see a couple of rollerbladers go around and think, oh, they're going to fall, they're going to fall. But they manage to stay up and not fall. So Sandler decides to throw a massive fucking stick <laughs> in, <laughs> in the middle of the park. Just a log in the middle of the parkway. <laughs> And then, yeah, this rollerblader comes down, hits the log, and he just eats shit and just falls. Into the <laughs> Absolutely 
fucking sends it just all the way down this massive hill. <laughs> and then, yeah. So, so the guy who felt the voice is provided by Adam Sandler. I, I don't know if you noticed. I was, I was gonna say, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you because there's one later on as well. Yeah, and I noticed, I noticed it later on. I didn't notice this one as much though. It sounds exactly like Adam Sandler. He hasn't even put a voice yeah. on. He, he just asks Julian, so. Julian, do you, do you wipe your own ass? I was like, yeah, I wipe my own ass. I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> and then J- Julian meets Nazo. <laughs> yeah. the, back of the, the back of the apartment and Julian meets <laughs> Nazo for the first time. And he just goes, yeah. I wipe my own ass. And I was like, oh, me too. Me too. <laughs> and then it's the, the how Rob Schneider delivers that line is so good. He, it's like he's so satisfied with himself when he says me too. He's so pleased with himself. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the scene we're introduced to Scuba Steve and uh, <laughs> Rob Schneider goes, what, what does he say? He's like, ah, I used to have a doll like that once, but my cat bit his head off. And <laughs> J- Julian is like, what kind of cat would do that? And Rob Schneider just snaps. He just goes, you're calling me a liar? <laughs> <laughs> just loses it. <laughs> and, and then... Um, Oh god, yeah. he's honestly the best part of every scene he's he's in. He he does. He he steals the show. Yeah. Um. Like this movie again, it is just scene after scene after scene. There's like a kind of a through line, but it is just because after this we're just in the bar. Yeah. There's no. There's doesn't really kind of kind of mesh together at no. the start. It just kind of is. We're introduced to all the characters and then. Yeah. Okay, high jinx occur now that Adam Sandler has to look after a five year old. Yeah. It's not really much going on. It's just kind of like, okay, let's just watch this like absolute useless waste of space. Try and deal like, with a five year old. Try and deal with this five year old, but <laughs> in, in in hilarious ways. Yeah. Um, yeah that, that's the movie. Um, that's then, <laughs> pretty much the movie. Then at the bar, they've gone to watch the Jets. Um, the waitress, this is Adam Sandler's wife. They met on this movie, and then she... Oh, really? Just, yeah. Um, and then she pops up in everything pretty much from now on. So we're going to see a oh, lot she's more... she's just of... in the background. Yeah, she's bit parts in, like most movies. Kind of like an Alan Covert. Mm, maybe not Alan Covert. Like uh, Jonathan Loughran kind of oh, okay. character. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a, cu- there's a couple where she's in it a lot more, and then there's a couple where she just has, like, one line and she's a hairdresser. Right, okay. You know? Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I mean. At the bar, they've gone to watch the Jets, and we meet Mr. Hurley, who's just this old drunk and named after Tim Hurley, one of Sandler's best friends. Yeah, so he's named after. Is he's the director, or is he a, is he the writer? Yeah, so Tim Hurley, he's the writer. The writer, yeah. Yeah, and then what, what, what does Sandler say? Like, calm down now, Mr. Hurley, like the window, like I did... Last Monday, he was like, last Monday was a fluke. Do that again, woman. <laughs> and he's, <laughs> he's so pleased with himself. He's yeah, woman. <laughs> See that? I just called you woman. What, what you going to do about it? <laughs> and he's so good. This, this, it, this yeah. cranky old man in the bar. He's great. And, and then Sonny's like, oh, he drinks a lot of root beer. He's <laughs> got no tea. Then after this, they just go back to the house. Sonny puts Julian to bed, and Julian's like, oh, I can't sleep. So Sonny brings in a nightlight for him, and the nightlight is just a massive sign that says, live nudes. (laughs) 
I remember I remember being like a little bit older when I'd watch like maybe like I watched this when I was like 11 12 maybe and no and like obviously you know what live nudes is but I'm just like I remember being like the only th- the only issue I have with this is that light is way too bright to be a nightlight yeah <laughs> <laughs> every time I watched this like fuck me how are you supposed to sleep with that thing on oh <laughs> and then after this they're just in the park the next day with uh Tommy and Phil so uh Alan Cover and Peter Dante and Sonny's like, oh, I'm thinking of keeping this kid. And they're like, oh, listen, like, you, you can't do that. You just can't adopt a kid. You, you need to think about it. Like, it's a lot of responsibility. Remember that time you wanted to buy a dog? It's like, it's like it's a dog, but it's not. It's a human. <laughs> and they're like, and Sonny's like, okay, I'll think about it. And then straight away, he just rings up social, social services. And he's like, hello, it's Kevin yeah. Garrity. I, I, I want to keep the kid. And we get the return of a pre-existing, oh, sorry, not pre-existing, a returning actor. Do we? Yeah, in social services. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Arthur Brooks is played by the principal from Billy Madison. Hey, come back all the way back to episode one. And his name is... I can't remember his name in this. No. So <laughs> Josh Moss still plays Arthur Brooks. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. Yeah. Arthur Brooks is the um, name of the character. Character's name, yeah. And then, yeah, he just rings up Arthur Brooks and like, oh, it's Kevin Garrett here. You know that foster family you had? Cancel it. Is it, is it him he speaks to on the phone here or do, is he, does he meet him face-to-face first time? No, he speaks to him on the phone and then he goes into the office later on. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I yeah, think. no, no. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, because uh, then... he goes in to... After he meets up with his girlfriend. Yes, that, that's right. Um, then my next couple of notes is, wets the bed, milk, likes it when Sonny gets hurt, laces. <laughs> yeah. So we just get this scene of him waking up in the apartment and he's, he wakes up Adam Sandler's character and he's just covered. He's just, he's just piss wet through. Piss wet through. So Adam, Adam Sandler, <laughs> yeah. Adam Sandler goes in and looks at the bed and gets this line and he just looks at this giant puddle on the bed and he just just an eye that's a shitload of piss <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so he doesn't really know what to do so he grabs a newspaper and covers covers all the wet stain on the bed with a newspaper and just chucks him back in bed <laughs> it's like all yeah. right go back to sleep now fuck it and then I'm he can't tired. get back to sleep because of all the rustling so yeah. they decide to have breakfast so julian pours himself some cheerios gets the milk this milk carton's like seven it's like, liters. It's it's like a four gallon jug. It's fucking huge. Uh, and then he just drops the milk on the floor. So Sandler covers that with newspaper, like he did with the pest. <laughs> and then Julian starts crying. So Sandler, oh yeah, Julian starts crying. And then Sandler yeah, stands he drops on the milk everywhere. Yeah. Then San, uh, Sunny he stands on Scuba Steve like barefoot. And it really hurts. And then Julian starts laughing when Sonny is hurt. And then they're like, okay, let, let's, go out, uh, let's go out and get some breakfast. We'll, we'll go to McDonald's because we're up early. And then we get a scene where Julian's trying to tie his laces. And it's just like 30 seconds of this kid failing <laughs> to tie his laces. <laughs> just fumbling around with one shoelace. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, they, they decide to go to McDonald's on the way to McDonald's. Julian's like, oh, I need to pee again. So they go up to this restaurant. I'm like, oh, can... and Sonny's like, uh, 
can my kid pee? And the guy at the restaurant's like, no, customers only. It's like, oh, come on, he's just a kid. Oh, it's, and he's like, no, oh, it's not my problem. So Juliet Sandler decides Julian's going to piss on the back door of this restaurant. It's going to piss on the uh, on the delivery entrance. Yeah. So, so he's like, restaurant, yeah. So he's there waiting to pee and he's like, oh, I can't go. I can't go. I need you to go with me. So Sonny just, I guess, right to this kid that he doesn't know <laughs> and just starts peeing on the wall together. And th- this is probably the most iconic shot of the movie. This is what's yeah, on... Yeah, this is the, the cover, eh? Yeah, this is what's on the posters on the DVD cover. When you think about this movie, you probably think about that scene where they're Yeah, you on probably the wall. have this image in your head of them pissing on the wall. Yeah. yeah. And then after peeing, uh, they're, they're walking to McDonald's and Steve Buscemi as <laughs> the homeless guy. I fucking just... love Steve Buscemi in this. He's so good in this. <laughs> He's amazing. <laughs> and then Julian just stops to uh, have a conversation with him. Yeah. He's like, just like, why are you sleeping on the street? It's like, oh, I made some bad choices in uh, life. Like, why? It's like, oh, when, when I was in uh, high school, I found this thing called uh, mushrooms. And then um, I started taking those. Like, why? It's like, oh, and then, um, like, why? Just ask him <laughs> why to every single. <laughs> Everything Steve Buscemi said, and then he's, yeah, like, so, he's just just going him on, and he's just having this like <laughs> this deep crisis talk with himself, <laughs> just goaded by this five year old. Well, uh, and then yeah, Sam's is like, oh, if you uh, if you have the conversation, I'll get you a sausage muffin, and then he just conks himself out, kind of thing. He just pretends, <laughs> just to, pretends fall to fall asleep. asleep. <laughs> it's like, look, he's he's asleep. Um, <laughs> Then in the McDonald's, uh, Sandler orders breakfast, and then we find out that he's late for McDonald's breakfast because he thought they finished at eleven, but it actually finishes at half ten. And then, yeah, J- Julian starts crying again, doesn't he? Yeah, he, because they're late. Because Adam, yeah, Adam Sandler's like having an argument with the cashier lady. Yeah, and then Julian Ju- starts crying, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, th- th- this guy is like, "Oh, nice, uh, nice parenting." And suddenly just goes, are you my therapist? Take a walk. And just grabs his, ch- <laughs> grabs his fries and just throws them everywhere. <laughs> so just so nonchalantly just grabs this guy's large fries and chucks them straight over his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> Julian's still crying and Sonny's like, oh, do you, do you want a Happy Meal? Do you want a Happy Will someone get this kid a Happy Meal? <laughs> <laughs> just this iconic line of Sandler losing it in Maccas. <laughs> 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 so, Will somebody then, get the kid a happy meal? <laughs> <laughs> and then they leave McDonald's. Julian's still crying, and then he's like, "Do, do, do you want to see me get hurt? Would that cheer you up?" And Julian's like, "Yeah, yeah." So Sandler, <laughs> just decides to throw himself in front of a car. <laughs> <laughs> Jumps onto this car, this running car down the road, and this guy gets out, and he's like, "Jesus, are you all right?" <laughs> he turns around. <laughs> oh, next. Uh, Next time, kill me. <laughs> and then they're just, just walk- broke. They're just walking back to the apartment. Julian's falling asleep, <laughs> and he just pisses on Sonny. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, oh. he's car- he's he's sleeping and he's carrying him, and he's just got piss all over him. Yeah. And then oh. b- but but back at the apartment, um, Sonny is watch it, trying to watch the hockey, and then Julian just copies him back and forth, back and forth. He's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, this is an important game. This is a very important game. Um, 
And then to distract him, Sonny just gives Julian a load of food, knocks him out. Basically, he's in a food coma. Yeah, just gives him loads of shit to eat. And then at, at the end of the um, towards the end of the game, they, they're in extra time. Um, there's a penalty to win the game or something, and Julian just comes over with this VHS. He's like kangaroo song. Like how is it? this is uh, the end of the game. Like this never happens. Like kangaroo song. And like kangaroo song, kangaroo song. <laughs> and then Santa just this snaps. horrible whiny voice. <laughs> yeah. And then Santa just snaps, and they put on the kangaroo song. And like, I'm a happy kangaroo and I hop all day. I hop, hop. Oh, it's the, it's the worst thing <laughs> I've ever seen. It's so bad. The, the kangaroo is um, Tim Hurley here. Of course it is. <laughs> and then, um, as. Fuck it, that's great. As J- Julian's hopping around, to, he just vomits everywhere. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> he just has this giant chunder. G- giant chunder. And then in classic uh, Sonny Koufax fashion, you throw some. Uh, newspaper on it yeah i loved i loved how this i made sure i checked to this i wasn't sure but you can see in the background that all the milk from the mor- the previous the morning is still just there under the newspaper on the floor as well yeah <laughs> in the background <laughs> oh. then after this um to win vanessa back sunny decides to introduce her to julian but on on the walk to um vanessa's house julian needs another pee and then, so he's peeing up against the wall, and these two old women are like watching them in, in disgust. And Sonny just goes, "What's your name?" He'll write it on the wall. <laughs> and then, and then at Vanessa's apartment. Look, I good love love that line so much. I pissed myself when I heard that again. I completely <laughs> forgot he said that in the movie to their old women. It's so good. <laughs> oh, and then when they get to Vanessa's apartment. Um, Julian's a bit nervous, so Sonny pulls out these magic sunglasses and he's like, oh, if you wear them, nobody can see um, no, nobody can see you. You're invisible. And then when you're ready, just pull them off. So he puts them on, he's like, Julian, Julian. Like, I'm right here, I'm right here. Like, oh, I got you, I got you. And then, um, yeah, so they go in to see Vanessa and then at Vanessa's, Sonny discovers that she is now dating a man called Sid. He's an, an old guy. And he is 36 years older than Vanessa. But she reveals, um, she's like, oh, this guy's motivated. He's intelligent. He's got a five-year plan. Like, this is the kind of guy that I want to be with, not with somebody like you. Yeah. So Sandler's a bit pissed just... off. Him and Vanessa break up. <laughs> Are they not already broken up at this point? I feel like she's broken up yeah. with him at this point. And he hasn't broken up with her. That's fair. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, so he's not too happy. Like, yeah, she, she, she's banging another guy. He, he knocks well, yeah, this, he's he like, knocks, he's, he's good 60. He's not oh, young. Yeah. He's not spry. Um, in the apartment, like, the bathroom door's closed, so Sandler's, like, suspicious. And then he starts knocking on the door, and Sid opens it, like, oh, thank God. It's just your dad. I thought you were banging my <laughs> girlfriend. Like, I am banging your girlfriend. And then, as they're leaving, like... <laughs> What, what, this why is you, the best. <laughs> it's like, why, why do you want to be with him? He's old. I want you to think about me when his old saggy balls are... <laughs> it's just his old leathery skin and he's all gross and he's got old balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, I think that was probably my favourite line of this as a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his old saggy old balls. Old balls? Gross. 
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. But yeah, um, after this, Posner's uh, Kevin, Sonny takes Julian to his social worker, Arthur Brooks, telling him that Julian should return to his mother. However, Brooks informs Sonny that Julian's mother died of cancer. And then Sonny decides to raise Julian as his own. So, so quite an important scene here. Um, Sonny takes Julian back to, so, and he's like, I can't look after this kid. Like, this is not what I was expecting. Like, you, you, need, you need his mother to take him back because I can't do this. And then we find out that his mother died. And then what does Arthur Brooks say? Like, if you don't want him, he's going to have to go into a relocation center for a while. Yeah. 
And then he was like, oh, is that an orphanage? And like, yeah, but we don't call them that, that anymore. And so I was like, oh, shit, I don't want this kid in an orphanage, so I'll just take him, take him myself. Yeah, so he just basically says, he's like, I don't want this kid to go to an orphanage. Like, that's horrible. Yeah, I'll, I'll, can I, is there any way I can just look after him? And he says, he, he's he like, find well, a... we don't, we don't really do that. Yeah. He says, oh, I'll, I'll look after him until he gets a foster family yeah. sorted out. But then he's like, oh, we don't really do that. Why don't we just pretend you never came in today? Yeah, that, that's basically it. And then after yeah, this, he, he, just... he, he rings his dad, doesn't he? And he's like, yeah, so he, he's like, he's obviously made his decision. He's keeping the kid now. He's, he's happy with that. And then he, he's freaking the fuck out. Who the hell can I call? I'm going to call the only person in the world that hates me more than everyone else. <laughs> he calls his dad. And his dad just fucking berates him. Oh, yeah, it's like, who the hell would give you a kid? <laughs> so you need to give that kid back before you kill one of yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and then they basically get into an argument and Sonny just hangs up like yeah. angrily he just slams the receiver down like 15 times <laughs> um, and then we um, then, then, then Sonny and Julian are having a conversation about real dads and whatnot. and then we just get an emo guy and Sonny's like look, look, look at that guy he probably hates his dad <laughs> this little goth guy walking through the park <laughs> Um, and then they're having a back and forth and then um, Sonny just shouts at him like you're not mad at me you're mad at your dad kind of thing yeah he's like I I don't blame you for shouting at me you're not mad it's not me you're mad at you're mad with your dad I forgive you yeah Uh, and then Sonny's like okay if you're gonna be my kid like your name's Julian but you even like Julian what do you want to be called and he's like I want to be called Frankenstein I was like, okay, <laughs> your name, new name's Frankenstein. Five, I'd probably put a pick Frankenstein for my old name as well. I can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I probably would have gone with something like Bart Simpson or something as oh, a kid. I would have been st- yeah, I would have been stone cold. I'd have been, <laughs> been a wrestler. <laughs> and, and then we just get a montage to a song called uh, When I Grow Up. So we see Julian and Sonny playing baseball, um, choosing his own clothes, uh, going out for pizza, He's fighting with Nazo, so yeah, the, the sleeper hole thing, yeah. um, slingshot. This was like, oh, yeah, god. oh my god! I <laughs> think about this. Fuck, I forgot this was in. This is such a weird scene. <laughs> in this, in the movie, in this montage, he gives him like a like a wrist rocket, like a wrist strapped um, slingshot that you have like the ball bearings with. And the next scene you see him where he gets him outside, he's like, come look, come look, I did all this crazy shit with the slingshot. And he goes outside and there's just an absolute massacre. <laughs> and there's just hundreds of dead birds all over the roof. Adam Sandler's just the most odd. This is really well acted because he's facing yeah. this. He looks genuinely horrified. He looks, <laughs> he's like, uh, okay, give me, give me that. You go inside and do... Anything else? Something I don't know. Just go away. <laughs> oh, there's so many dead birds here. <laughs> it's, so yeah. um, it's so fucked. There's like 150 dead birds on this roof. They've just uh, been massacred. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Jesus Christ! Uh, and then they continue to watch movies, and then to end this montage, we get the Halloween night um, scene with um, where they go trick or treating. <laughs> just, um, just robs a guy. Yeah, so uh, Julian's dressed up as the kangaroo, and they're knocking on this door, and then the the guy guy in the house is like, "Go away, go away!" And then so Sonny Koufax goes behind the house, breaks in, 
basically takes this man hostage, takes him to the door, and like, oh, give him his candy, give him money. Yeah, do you like the look of that watch? Like, yeah, I like that watch. Give him, give him your watch. Yes, he gives him like a box of cereal, like yeah, ten CDs. <laughs> He's not happy. What else you got? I have my watch. So, so, so yeah, he basically just robs this man. This man is is the director, it's Dennis Dugan. This okay. So I saw he was in the movie. He had a cameo. I wasn't yeah. sure where though. And then um. <laughs> Yeah, sounds like, oh, just be ready for next year. Then after, after Halloween, we're back with Dante and Covert, and then they're ordering food. And Yeah, they're back in the park. Yeah, Santa's like, oh, what do you want for food? And he's like, ah, I'll have uh, 30 packets of ketchup. 30 packets of ketchup is just the most horrendous thing. You just see him squirting them all out onto <laughs> his plate and just, just <laughs> licking it clean. Eating it with a spoon. Oh, so gross. Uh, and then we get get the thing that I always tried to do when I was a kid, this spit thing. Oh, yeah, I tried to do this. So After seeing times. this in this movie, I've yeah. tried this thousands of times. Um, so Sonny's taught Julian how to like spit towards the floor and then suck it back up. Yeah, so you just basically have one really long strand of like yeah. saliva, and then you suck it straight back into your mouth <laughs> to see how. Um... <laughs> it's so weird. My my favorite thing about this scene is when he sucks it back up, but like he gets it back into he just flaps his arm like a little bird. Oh, the, the little penguin thing, the little yeah. penguin. Yeah, I tried. I used to try this constantly when I was younger. Yeah, like, all the time. This. All the time. It's so gross as well. <laughs> it be, it's just the most heinous thing to watch. Uh, and then, uh, after this bit thing, um, Julian helps Sonny find a new girlfriend in Corinne's lawyer's sister, Leia. So, they're still in Central Park, and I guess their play is Sonny sends Julian to a woman who's sitting alone and like, I've lost my uh, family. I don't know where they are. So, the conversation starts there. And then yeah. Sonny, Sonny comes in and is like, oh my God, thank you so much. Um, and then it's supposed to like get them to hit off. And then Layla knows who Sonny is. So he's like, oh, Sonny is. And he's like, oh, you know who I am? Like, yeah, I'm Corinne's sister. I, I was there at the party last <laughs> week. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Just completely the only person in Central Park that would have known him. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then Sonny's like, oh, do, do you want to do, do you wanna go out sometime? And she's like, oh no, I can't. I'm like, oh. Why would you say that? Uh, you're going to make the kid feel like a fail- failure. And she's like, no, I'm, so- I'm sorry, I can't. And then Sonny just whispers into Julian's ear. And then Julian just goes, please, Layla, go with Sonny. If you don't, I may develop a stutter. Just the worst lie. Just get this kid. Yeah, do my dirty work for me, kid. Get me a date. Get me a date. And she's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then. What is it she uh, says is like that is so cheap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and and then she goes over to Sonny's house for a date. Um they're listening to Styx. They both agree that Styx is the best band of all time. So they're starting at other stuff and S- Sonny lies a couple of times here. He's like, Oh yeah, I, I was once on the road with Styx and they pulled me on stage and got me to do the, the voice <laughs> yeah, of like Mr. Robot solo and like a <laughs> like, oh my god, really? It's like, no, I I lied to you. And then he says another lie. Like, oh my god, really? And it's like, no, I, I, I lied again. He's, but, he's like, um, oh, but, but seriously, like, one of my best friends is like 
is is good friends with like the, the drummer of the band. Yeah. Um, and then, and then Ju- Julian crashes the date because he can't sleep. So Sunny and yeah. uh, Layla go and t- tell him a good 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 night story, and then I, the story they're just floating throughout. Yeah, the story is basically that what is it a rabbit and a frog or something? Yeah, and then they're just basically having a little flirt trying to explain the situation to each other whilst telling a story. Yeah. Like, and it kind of works. It, it does. They, they want to yeah. kiss, but they can't. So Scuba City gets a, gets a kiss instead. Yeah. Um, Julian attends his first day of school. Um, so yeah, he's, he's dropped off at school. Nothing much happens here. Um, then Brooks finds a foster home for Julian and leaves Sonny a message on the answering phone. Um, Julian, uh, Sunny then rings Layla to arrange to meet and do her laundry. I, I'm just powering yeah, so, through here. Yeah, no, no, I power through. There's not really much that goes on here. It just is no. like, um, I thought she, and yeah, he rings her up and she's like, Oh, I'm at work, but I need to do my. I thought she worked in DC. No, so yeah, she's a lawyer, but she goes to do it. She works on a case in DC later on. All right, okay. Yeah, because like, like the guys are saying before, they're all lawyers. And well, I think Peter Dante's character is saying he's been in like three different cities in like three different days. All oh, right, okay. So, so they do tra- travel shit. around a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think it's implied that they're just kind of all around and they're everywhere. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. And then, I, think. The, I mean, it, <laughs> we don't need a. It would make sense. Yeah, fuck <laughs> it. It is what it is. Um, uh, and then um, we. <laughs> At the laundromat, Matt, um, Layla says, oh, yeah, um, the biggest influences in a kid's life is his friends. So Sadler takes uh, <laughs> his and he's like, okay, I, I need to go meet these uh, friends. <laughs> so his next thing is he's just hanging out with the kids, drinking, uh, drinking Yoo-hoo. Yoohoo at the park <laughs> at the school. <laughs> it's just like four different kids and this 30-year-old man just hanging in the park. <laughs> the... Um, the kid with glasses is Adam Sandler's nephew. Oh, really? Yeah, and he he pops pops up in a couple of movies throughout as well. Um, and and this kid, he just goes, "I have a belly button." And sounds like, "Oh, yeah, I have yeah, a belly button yeah. too." <laughs> <laughs> I have a belly button. <laughs> yeah, what well, he's asking these kids if they've got any crack or if they've got any rum or yeah. any booze, and if, what what are they up to? Why are they corrupted? <laughs> Then uh, 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 Sandra just. Do goes, you have any drugs? <laughs> I have a belly button. <laughs> and then I, I got the quote. Yeah. Uh, um, so Sandler goes, uh, "We love you who with a little bit of rum." And this kid goes, um, "What's rum?" It's like Sandler, Sandler then goes, "You don't know what rum is." And the kid just goes, "Rumpelstiltskin." <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, then Sandler just leaves these kids alone because I'm guessing they're not that bad, bad of an influence. He's, he's, he's figured out they're not taking drugs and drinking at age five. Yep. <laughs> and, and then we get the uh, grocery store scene. And at the grocery store, Sandler just throws cans on the floor to get a discount. Yeah. So like, and he just goes, <laughs> Dented cans are 50% off. <laughs> Gotta save um, some money. And he's just launching cans at the floor. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, <laughs> Microsoft down three points. Um, and, and then they run into Corinne, and Corinne's annoyed that Sunny is seeing Layla. Yeah. Um, 
then after this, Sunny and Layla go on. Do, do, do you want to mention the uh, supermarket scene anymore? I mean, it just... What is it? What is it? He says to her at the end, he's like, "Don't go near the freezer aisle, or your boobs. Or don't go near like the the milk aisle, or your boobs will freeze." Or something. Yeah. Well, this scene was probably my favorite when I was a kid. I used to think this was so funny, throwing cans what, just on the floor, just throwing the can. <laughs> These were no, because he's oh, what is it? He's got a rash on his arm, and he's like, "Yeah, scratch it up, scratch it up." Yeah, and then uh, Corinne puts some frozen peas on it. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's common sense. If you <laughs> if you scratch a rash, it's just going to spread. After this, um, Sonny and Layla go to Little Italy for food. Um, after food, they both share a dance, and Tim Hurley um, is singing again. And then mm-hmm. as Sonny drops Layla off home, they share a kiss, and Corinne catches them. And she's like, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Remember to go upstairs. <laughs> and <laughs> you, you didn't enjoy that, did you? And it's like, yes. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> She's like, he's at the end of the scene, she's walking away. He's like, he's dirty and poor. <laughs> go, go upstairs and wash, wash your mouth. Um, and then as they're on the date, Julian is um, being babysat. So he's with Mike, Phil and Tommy playing I win, which yeah, just which is a ridiculous card game. He's yeah. like, I've got a six, I've got a four, I've got a three, and I've got a two. I win. <laughs> and then... Um, Arthur Brooks shows up looking for Kevin. Yeah. Who obviously is, is... in China at this point on a yeah. trip. Yeah. Because um, Far away. somebody goes, oh yeah, Kevin's in China. And then Dante comes in and he's like, oh, Chinatown. Yeah. Um, and then Sonny has a meeting at uh, Ju- Julian's school. And then Sonny rethinks his parent methods after Julian teacher complains about the habits he has developed due to Sonny's influence. So a kid brought in rollerblades for show and tell. So <laughs> Julian decides to throw a stick in front of him and then he <laughs> eats shit. And then we just get this cut to a kid with glasses and his arms just in a sling. Just the saddest looking kid yeah. ever. <laughs> in a full arm sling. Um, he spilled glue on the floor, so he covers it up with newspaper and doesn't tell anyone. Um, he's pissing in plant pots. Yeah. And then Julian's the smelly kid in class. Yeah. He is now the smelly kid. Yeah. Due, due to this, um, Sonny wants Julian to study, but he refuses and play. And Julian wants to play video games instead. Um, I've got a note here that just says, Nazo says, I mix up my LMIDs, which I don't know what that, that's in reference to. I don't know. But reading. They need to practice reading or something. And I was like, oh, yeah. I need to practice reading as well. I, I mix up my LMIDs. <laughs> and then Sonny's like, okay, let's have a vote. Who wants uh, Julian to study? And then uh, Sonny and Nazo put up their hands. It's like, okay, who wants Julian to play video games? And Julian sticks up his hand. It's like, okay, it's two to one. You got to study. And Julian just goes, that's not fair. This guy doesn't count. He can't even read. <laughs> It's so brutal, but it's such a good line. And then uh, his vote doesn't count. He can't even read. <laughs> and then Sonny's like, "Okay, give me two seconds. Just look after the kid." Yeah. And then, and then um, Scuba Sam, Scuba Steve's dad, shows up and he's like uh, telling Julian that, um, "Yeah, Scuba Sam visits Julian and encouraging encourages him to take a bath and study to keep scuba steve safe and to be accepted to the scuba squad so th- this is quite a hard woman scene sunny goes down he puts on this full scuba gear knocks on the door and then 
Julian answers it, and then the music plays, and he just looks up, and he's just in awe. Yeah, he just can't believe yeah. it. <laughs> his, his childhood hero is stood stood before him. And then, yeah, he, he just says, oh, to join the scuba squad, you you got to study and you got to be clean. And then, like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> um, then after this, Sonny and Julian agreed to be better. So they start bathing, they start studying, they start eating well. Um, and then basically, basically, Julian just turns his behavior around completely. He's dressing well. So we get a montage of Julian dressing normally. Um, he's peeing in urinals. He's pouring milk through a little squirter thing rather than using the 25-gallon litre jug. Yeah, um, they make, make little milk shift, like little squirty milk bottle. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and then we get a reading... Um... <laughs> oh, but this is, this is probably my favourite scene in the movie. Yeah. Um, so, so what does Julian read? He's like, Constitution. Rabbit. Uh, it's like it's constant. No, it's Constitution. Uh, something else, and then it's like Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then we get, and then <laughs> we, we, we get a Nazo practicing his reading as well, and he's like, "What are it's his? Like, like it's like it's it's like pig, pig, and then it's, <laughs> and it's cow, pig, cow, and then cow, it's... hip, hip hop, hip." Hip hop anonymous. <laughs> like that's not fair. You give him the easy ones. <laughs> Why does he get all the easy ones? <laughs> hip hop. Hip hop anonymous. Probably the most most quotable line for this. So fucking good. <laughs> and then we're back in Central Park, and Julian's holding the sign that says "Slow down to the skaters" because he doesn't want anybody oh, yeah. to get hurt. Yeah. And then uh, we just get Steve to... Buscemi going down the hill in his trolley, and he just crashes into the lamppost. <laughs> This is so good. He's fucking going in that trolley as well. That trolley is moving. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and then after this, we get the Julian School play. And um, the first kid up, he's like, My name is Alexander Hamilton. I am the first secretary of state for the USA. I was shot by Aaron Bird. And then J- Julian comes up, he's like, Who's Julian Payton? Benjamin was that Franklin. actually in the movie, or, did, or did, you just, did you just quote that from Hamilton? No, that's that's the actual movie. <laughs> okay. And th- that's how he sounds. And then <laughs> Julian comes up. My name is Benjamin Franklin. I invited, invented so many things that we still use today, like the light bulb or whatever. Yeah. And then, then somebody just goes, okay, it's time to sign the Constitution. Who's going to go first? And then all these kids just run up to this giant Constitution. <laughs> like, I want to sign it. I want to. And it's just I mayhem. And then Julian's just stood there. In his spot, smiling, making the, the Sun, only, Sunny and Layla proud. Yeah, the only one. Yeah. Just, just chilling. Um, and then after this, we're back in the apartment. Um, Julian's playing I Win Again, but this time he's playing with uh, Nazo and Sonny. And like, I got a two, I've got a tw- I got a two, I've got an ace, and I've got, got a, a jack. 12, has he? <laughs> I win. And then Nazo just goes, this is bullshit. <laughs> How does the odds win? <laughs> Every time. And then, um, as they're playing this, there's a ring at the doorbell. Um, Brooks arrives to find out Sonny impersonated Kevin and threatens to arrest him if he does not hand over Julian. Yeah, so we get like a real switch in tone. In like tone, yeah. Sorry, yeah. thank you. In tone here, of movie just completely kind of switches to from like well, they're all having fun, they're getting better. He's becoming a good dad. They're having a great time together, and then we realize that the social security people. Social, sorry, social services have forgot who he says he is, and he's actually not this kid's father. 
he's not Kevin Garrity. He's actually Sonny yeah. Koufax. Yes. So Arthur Brooks arrives like, oh, Mr. Koufax. Um, and then as as they're having the conversation, Nazo comes up and he's like, oh, Sonny, I'd love to help. But my, uh, what did he say? He's, he's, he says, my, my status <laughs> in this country isn't exactly legal. <laughs> yeah. And then... Um, Sonny explains to Julian what's happening and that he's got to go with Arthur Brooks. And then as we're, as he's getting dragged away, he just goes, I wipe my own ass. I wipe my, I own, my ass. own ass. <laughs> and that's kind of This is really sad because he just, he just can't understand that like it's like not his fault. Yeah. Like it, it is very heartbreaking, um, this part. Um, and then... Uh, Sonny agrees and like Julian gets taken away and then he rings up Layla straight away like Layla what can we do and she's like there's nothing much we can do and then they both have an argument and Layla's like listen like this is exactly why I didn't want to get involved like I had plans and then just one day this kid comes running up to me in the park and you follow and then this wasn't supposed to happen and like I had other things planned for my life. And then Sonny's like, oh, do you think I planned for a kid to be dropped off my door 9 a.m. in the morning? No, I didn't. But I fell in love with this kid. So we've got to do something to got to do something to get him back. Yeah, he gets like really serious and he's yeah, we're in now. We, he knows he wants to fix the situation. And then in the court, in the, the massive courtroom scene, do you know, do you know who the lawyer is for Arthur Brooks? Uh, this guy looks fuck knows. I do. I know his face. So don't know the, who he is. This guy is um Stephen Brill. So he's he's going to pop up as a writer director um later on. Like he directed Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, and like a couple of the later ones for Netflix. But we've yeah. met this guy before as the priest from Going Overboard. <laughs> Fuck me, freezing going overboard. The, the guy was like, okay, open your pages to Psalm 29, uh, p- page 29, Psalm 16, Red Sox 1, Yankees 4. Oh, the six. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Fuck me, I've, pur- I've purged that movie from my brain. <laughs> but Jesus. This guy also wrote Mighty Ducks 1, 2, and 3. Oh, no way. Yeah. Um, I feel like I feel like I don't know him then. I feel like I, maybe I thought I knew him. Maybe I thought he was someone else, but maybe I just know his face from just this movie. Yeah, pr- probably. But yeah, he was in probably. Going Overboard. And have you ever seen Without a Paddle? Yeah, great, great film. Who's in with Seth Green? Seth Green, um, the guy that plays Shaggy. Can't remember his name. Matthew Lillard and Dax Shepard. Yes. Yeah. Well, he he directed that as well. Really? Yeah. Uh, that's a very good film. I I, I, enjoy I that. love that movie. That's that's a movie that nobody really likes. <laughs> but if you if you like it, it's great. But if you've not seen it, you would never watch it. Have you seen Without a Paddle Two when Nature Calls? I have not specifically because oh. it didn't have any of the returning cast. Yeah, it was dumb shit. Um, so <laughs> that's a good <laughs> premise for a movie, though. Go find DB Cooper's treasure in the middle of fucking yeah Washington. <laughs> it's class. It, it is such a good movie. Um, it's great. In this courtroom scene, um, numerous people, including Mr. Hurley, Steve Buscemi, uh, Nazo, and Corinne, testify on Sonny's behalf and tell the judge he is a good father. Yeah, so we get this like big, big like court yeah. scene, like finale, final scene to this movie. Yeah, um, Mr. We... Hurley is like, oh yeah, they came to the bar, and, like they were always good together, and Nazo's yeah. like, oh yeah, these guys go together. Lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> 
But but I think the big part here is Corinne because she absolutely despises his Sonny, but she's like, yeah, like he he was good to this kid, like yeah, he was a good father figure. Like he's done a lot to help this kid over the last couple of days, weeks, whatever it is. Um, it's, I think, she, it's like six weeks or something like that. I think they say in the oh, is it? Yeah, well, it makes I think sense. Something, yeah, something like that. Um. Then Julian's called to testify as well, and he provides information regarding his background, like where he was born. He was born in Toronto. Oh, and before Julian goes, Kevin Garrity comes back. And he yeah, joined. so we get like, he comes in later on, like halfway yeah. through. And he joins the um, Sunny's team of lawyers. But then yeah. after, after Kevin comes back, Julian's called to testify, and then we learn that Toronto, but moved to Buffalo. And then Kevin's kind of like, connecting the pieces in his head. Um, and then Layla asks him, like, oh, if your mother had to choose a father for you, who do you think she'd choose? And Julian's like, oh, she'd choose Sonny. Um, then after this, Sonny <clears throat> calls, calls himself to the stand, and the uh, judge is like, okay, well, what one of your friends are going to come up and question you this time? And he's like, no, none of my friends. I'm going to call up the guy who thinks I'm the biggest piece of shit in the world. And if I can convince him that I'm a good father, I'll I'll be able to convince Ed and anyone. And then he calls his own father to the stand, yeah. um, who's up visited from Florida. And then, despite Lenny's uh, fervent belief that he is not father material, Sonny convinces him that he will not fail at being a father. Impressed by Sonny's sincerity, Lenny vouches for him, and then everyone just rings their dad. So, um, yeah, we just basically in the scene, like Sonny's dad is like. Oh yeah, he's he's not capable to do this. Blah 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 blah. And then Sonny's like, "But listen, um, most important thing about being a dad is being there for your kid when he screws up." And I'm happy to do. I'm willing to do that for the rest of my life for Julian. Like you mm. are willing to do for me. Look at this. Like you've come up from Florida to make sure that I don't get arrested, or like you're here for me, and I'm going to be here for this kid. And then he's like, "Oh my god, okay, he can be a dad." Basically, yeah. Somehow, somehow convinces his dad that he's. So, some, somehow in, in like 15 minutes he manages to convince his dad that he's not been a piece of shit for the last 30 years yeah pretty much and he's actually and he's actually worthy of um being a dad to this kid and then yeah everyone just rings their dad and just says yeah we just oh, get this scene. I, I love you dad everyone yeah having a little breakthrough having a little father-son moment a bonding um but nonetheless the unconvinced judge orders Sonny's arrest Kevin realizes he truly is Julian's biological to press charges against Sonny. Kevin is granted custody of Julian, and Sonny promises him that he will always be there for him. So, yeah, yeah, so we just get like, yeah, we get the the climax of the movie is just he's obviously going to, well, Sonny, Adam Sandler's Sonny Koufax is going to get arrested because basically he's, just kidnapped this kid yeah. <laughs> for six weeks. And then, yeah. His obviously best friend and roommate. There's no charges being pressed, and he just has to basically explain to his new fiance why they now have a new child. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, um, yeah, six years ago we were in Toronto Hooters, and like that Hooters thing. It, I promise you, it's just a, it's just a coincidence." <laughs> they really loved Hooters in this movie. Um, but yeah, so Kevin's taken full custody of Julian. Um, Sunny passes him over to Kevin, and then they. After the court, there's a scene in the park, and Sonny's like, "Listen, he likes this. He doesn't do this. Like, don't do this to him. Like, he loves doing this." And like, oh, and then he's like, "Oh, actually, he's your kid. You should raise him the way that." Yeah, 
But I, 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 why is he passing them over when they live in the same house? Good point. I'm not really sure about that. It's like, yeah, they're like he's he's literally like they live together. Yeah, <laughs> nothing's changing it. Uh, and then, um, and then Julian and Kevin just start because they don't even mention about moving out or no. like, doing anything else. Nothing like that. So no. after after this this evening, they're gonna go back to the house, and Sunny's gonna be there, probably with Nazo, and then they're probably gonna have fun. Yeah, <laughs> and th- and then um, Kevin, Gareth, he and Julian, they start to bond over some fun snaps, noisemakers. Mm. Yeah, and then we we get a little title card saying one year later, um, Sunny has completely turned his life around. He's a successful lawyer, married to Layla, and they have a child of their own. Sonny is given a surprise birthday party at Hooters, uh, attended by his friends, including Julian, who is happy with his new family, in his new family with Kevin and Corinne, and often meets up with Sonny for activities such as basketball. Yeah, so we get this yep. like final scene of the movie. We get the jump forwards in time. Yep, and then everybody's so, happy. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, um, basically. Sonny, yeah, he's now a lawyer. He's passed his exams. He's finally the done the bar exam. Yeah. And he's happy. Um, Kevin's happy. Julian's happy. Crin's happy. And then at the Hooters, Sonny then encounters Vanessa working there as a waitress with Sid working as a cook, revealing that his five year plan did not go as she had hoped. Everyone but a frustrated Vanessa celebrates Sonny's birthday. Yeah, so we just get that scene. <laughs> they obviously all see her in the in the in the Hooters. She's she's a waitress. Her new boyfriend is the is the cook. He's flipping the burgers in the back. She's not happy. No, <laughs> not happy at all. And then, but it's just there's just a line at the end. Oh, it's this, is that the guy with the old balls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I forgot about that line. And then the the movie the movie ends. Yeah, um, good little ending. Little little bit of closure towards the end. I I quite enjoy talking about that movie. Um. Before we give our ratings, though, Matt, we are going to introduce a little segment here called Creme de la Scene. So you know how Creme de la Creme means the best of the best or whatever it does. Our new segment is we're going to discuss our new, our favorite scene of the movie, and we're going to call it Creme de la Scene. Creme okay? de la Scene. I'm, th- I'm here for it. I, I think that works. So, Matt, <laughs> thinking about this movie, what was your favorite scene? My favorite scene in this movie lasts for about two seconds, and it's it's really <laughs> near. The, it's it's literally it's right towards the end, and it's in the it's during the courtroom, and we're we're just in the courtroom, and everyone's like they're on. I can't remember who's on the stand, and they're talking, and for just two seconds, for no reason, the camera just just cuts to Steve Buscemi's homeless character just eating a piece of melon, and it's the best <laughs> scene in the whole movie. <laughs> It's just absolutely so unnecessary. And I have no idea why it's there. It's just for two seconds. He's just eating this giant fucking slice of honeydew melon just during the trial. Um, and he caught me off guard so much. I was just like, what? I had to rewind and I was like, wait, was that actually just in there? Like, what the fuck is this? So, so Sandler does that quite a lot in his movies. Like, there's all always like so good. A, a scene with like a bunch of people. Somebody's <clears throat> talking, and then in the middle of the talking, it just cuts to somebody yeah. you're not not expecting. Like <laughs> like in, in the wedding singer when Sadler's talking, 
at one of the weddings and he's like, oh, we better get onto this food or this fat guy's going to have a heart attack and it just cuts to the fat guy. And he's like, uh, again, <laughs> in this movie where it just cuts to the the kid in his cast and sling. Yeah. In but no, but in, but in this, like, there's no, like, even for like that, yeah. like, with the cast of the sling, there's like a setup. There's no setup for this. Like, it while the scene is going on, he's eating the melon, but the person who's still talking <laughs> is talking in the background. Like, the scene carries on. It's just well, he's eating a piece of melon. Sanders is the king of uh, <laughs> two-second cutaway gags. Honestly, that was... So, yeah, that was my favourite part of the movie. Like, that, just the two made no sense, but honestly made... Art uh, made my day. That, that, that was, was so good. Cream de la scene. That was, the, that was my cream de la scene. Um, I, we, we covered my cream de la scene earlier on, and it's the scene where um, Julian gets his slingshot <laughs> yeah and then we, we, we just get that shot of like all the birds just on the terrace dead <laughs> and it is it is a bloodbath it is like it's, it's just an absolute massacre like we said there's like 150 birds and then um, and then once <laughs> dude's like come see this and then Sandler just comes out and his oh, face, ju- face just drops and, and he's like give me that Go inside and do do go inside and do something. <laughs> Just anything else. Yeah. Um, Fuck I, me, I, so I think um, Sanders acting in that scene scene is uh I I just think that's a very funny scene because like it, it is quite a serious moment, but it's yeah. it's still included in, in this montage of stuff that it all very, very funny. Yeah, exactly. And it's it, it is his reaction as well makes it so much better of just like, oh shit. Yeah, so th- that <laughs> scene of this movie is uh, by Cream de la Scene. Yeah. Oh. All right. Yeah, right. Fair enough. Um, yeah, and then the next thing we do is we'd like to rate this movie on a certain number of sandbags out of 10 and let the people know what kind of flood our sandbags could stop. So, Matt, last week you give The Waterboy an 8.3. What would you give Big Daddy? Oh, so I'm going to give this. I don't think I can rate this any higher than the Waterboy, but I don't know that it deserves to be any worse. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. I think I'm going to give him the same score. I think you have to go with an 8.3 for this as well. Because I really enjoyed this. I, yeah. like, I did have a lot of nostalgia whilst watching it. I know you said that you didn't quite feel the same way, but I had really had a, like, especially for the first half of it when I was like, because I started to remember more of the movie as I watched it, but just getting into like, the first half an hour, I couldn't, because I hadn't seen it for so long, I couldn't quite remember exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. So it just kind of, it was just a better experience. I just kind of got lost in the movie a little bit more than I thought I would. So that was yeah. really good. So, so yeah, I, I enjoyed this a lot. That, that does make a, uh make a lot of sense um with this movie i felt like even though there was a story i just felt like a lot of the scenes were just put in to see adam sandler interact with a kid in different scenarios yeah i think obviously they got like the the loose plot for this and like this like half the movies we've watched don't feel like actual movies like they just feel like skits yeah. Whereas this this has the feel of like this feels like just a like a flow of a movie, but like you like you say, it is kind it is kind of skittish. Like it's not sorry, it's not skittish. It's like kind of like there's a lot of skits, but 
does kind of flow as well, and they kind of do mesh together. Yeah, a lot, a lot more than. Yeah, no, I I completely get that, and I I think that skittish nature of the movie is what brought it down from what I was expecting. So last week yeah. I gave the Waterboy an eight point two, um, but I think this is more on par with the Wedding Singer, if not a okay, tiny bit yeah. bit worse. I can, fa- oh, yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm trying to think. So yeah, so what I, we gave I, the Wedding Singer what like seven seven point seven seven point seven. So, like, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was very funny, but a lot of it was just montages, you know? <laughs> there's, 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 there is, like, four or five montages in this movie. I'll give you that. For that reason, I'm going to have to give this movie a 7.4 out of 10. Okay, I see. And okay. So, Matt, you're 8.3 sandbags. They could stop Ooh, the kind of absolute massive amounts of piss in this movie. <laughs> I reckon my 8.3 scandbags could withhold the piss, the, all of the piss in the movie. And there, there is and there's a, a lot. lot of piss. <laughs> there's, there's a lot so, of piss in this movie. So much piss. And my 7.4 sandbags, um, they could stop flow of milk that uh, Julian enjoys spilling Ooh, on the floor. That's, that's a big flow of milk. Yeah, that's a lot of milk. Yeah, we have been going for 1 hour 43, no doubt I'll cut some shit out. But before we end, do you have any pieces of trivia or some goofs there that we can run over? Uh, I didn't have as much on this as I thought I would like to have had. But I just... I Mostly what I saw of this is... Like we said, this movie weighed, like, what? $240 million? Yeah. The box office? Classic Adam Sandler movie. Definitely got, like, five Razzies. And he won the award for the Razzie. Five Razzies. And then, no doubt, he probably won the best actor award in the MTV Movie Awards. Yeah, so he won the Blockbuster Entertainment Awards of fam- fa- favorite comedy actor. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so this... but he won like he won like four awards for this movie. How did he? Teen, how, Teen's, how... Cho- Teen's Choice Award, uh, yeah. film of the movie of the summer, People's Choice Award, uh, favorite comedy motion picture, uh, MTV Movie Awards best comedic performance Adam Sandler, Kids Choice Awards favorite movie favorite actor Adam Sandler, uh, Golden Raz Award. BMI film and TV and blockbuster. Oh, so it's like consider this. This was who gives a fuck about the Oscars and the Golden Globes, really? But like back in the day, at least they had some more respect. This was never getting nominated for either. So I feel like this is this won the award, all the awards. I think it could have done. Yeah, that's fair enough. And it's all the same awards as well. Like eventually, yeah. it'll, it'll get to like the MTV Movie Awards and the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards and. But I think we're going yeah. to see a pattern of Sandler being nominated for Razzies, but winning, winning it's the so awards stupid. like that. It's it's just like, but it, I don't understand it. It's like, are they trying to be funny just because like we dominate him every year? Just we're going to do it now for the point, or like is this still trying to be like, oh no, we think Adam Sandler's shit, but he's also winning actual awards that people at this point do care about. <laughs> uh, they probably voted in just because it's easy to shit on Sandler. That's what I mean, though. But at this point, like, he's winning awards for the movie. Like, how are you going to be yeah. like, this is the shit year, but it's beat out all the movies that actually wanted to win awards. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I, I, don't get me wrong. I don't think this movie is, like, award-winning of a lot. It's, there's definitely some flaws with it. Mostly it does come with the tone. But, nah, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this just doesn't deserve a Razzie at all. The, the Razzies can fuck off. Um, the Razzies can fuck off. 
I, I got a couple of pieces of trivia here. Um, we, we could have not been discussing this. Jim Carrey, Ben Stiller, Jack Nicholson, and Chris Farley were all considered for the role of Sonny Koufax. Interesting. That would have made a different movie. I think the only one that could have done it, and I, I think the only one here that could have done it is Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller would be good at this. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Jim Carrey would be too wacky with it. So would Chris Farley. Yeah, but Ben still, I, I feel like he'd be able to ground it like Sandler has done in this certain sort of reality. Yeah, if Ben still was, no, in I, it, I agree. If Ben still, if it was Ben still, it'd probably be a kind of movie. Yeah, just because <laughs> there's just some horrible shit that happens in this. Yeah, but just it's just done for comedic value. And then an- another, yeah, no, I completely agree. Uh, there's some nasty stuff in this movie, and Sandler's character is quite a nasty person. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's a bit of a wanker. <laughs> another piece of trivia, just, trivia just here is shouting at Mac as Mac as employees. Yeah, and shouting at kids and yeah. at, making fun of, fun of women for working in hooters. And but another yeah. piece here originally Cody Guilford, who was eight year olds at the time, was in mind for the role of Julian. His mother, uh, Kathy Lee Guilford, refused the role after reading the screenplay and was quoted as saying. I told my agent to tell Adam Sandler, who I like, that Cody pees at home, not on. So I checked this Cody's uh, Cody Gifford's IMDb, and he has never been in a movie. <laughs> so his, his mother really screwed him there. That's so shit. Kathy Lee Gifford, the only thing I know about her is it's like a really old South Park episode where they just take the absolute piss out of her. Other than that, couldn't tell you who the fuck this person was. Oh, she's been in quite a lot, this Kathy Lee. She's been an actress in 55 movies. Um, by the by, the looks of it, she's been in like a lot of Hallmark things. She was in Sharknado 5 as herself. <laughs> Sharknado 3 as herself. Of course she was. Oh, she, she was in an episode of Sweet Life on Deck with Colin Dylan Sprouse. Oh, so she... So she'll yeah. work with the people that were in the movie, but it's not good enough for her own son. Correct. She was an episode of The Simpsons as herself. Yeah, well, she's been, been in quite a few. She was in Seinfeld as herself. The fuck? <laughs> what, did she just appear everywhere as herself? Yeah, the first Wives Club as herself. <laughs> that's, uh, that's very strange. Um, and then, yeah, a couple of groups before we end. Uh, during the Kangaroo song, the lyrics on the TV show Hop Hop All... Hop, hop, hop all day, but the singer actually says hop, hop, hop all night. Um, when Sonny is teaching Julian how to do Chief's J Strongbow Sleeper Hold, he does the head and arm. Strongbow Sleeper was never the head and arm fashion. And then at the end of the trial, Corin's shocked reaction upon learning that Julian belongs to her boyfriend makes no sense. Throughout the trial, the judge makes reference to Julian as Julian McGrath, a.k.a. Julian Garrity and several statements were Sony Sonny Koufax impression impersonating Kevin Garrity. So there is no way that Corin would would have put the pieces together to realize what the situation was. I I did notice that at the end. I thought that was a bit weird in the court scene where she's just like, "What is going on?" I'm like, "How have you? Are you not keeping up with any of this? Like, <laughs> what do you mean?" And yeah, I noticed that as well. But. That was, yeah, that, that's all I got. Do you have anything else to say? This two-hour-long podcast. <laughs> Fuck, this might be our longest one. <laughs> um, no, nah, I, I'd recommend this. 
I yeah. say go out and watch this. If you've not seen it in a, if you've never seen it, definitely watch it. If you've not seen it in a very long time, hundred percent, just give it a go. And Even if you don't like it, it's 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 worth going back to. Yeah, I, I think it's worth going back to, but ho- hopefully, uh, hopefully you watch it like Matt does, just full of nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Um, apart from that, I've got nothing left to say. What do we got other than next week? Yeah, do you want to let uh, everyone know what we're doing next week? Ooh, we've got a bit of a change-up next week. We do. So, we are delving into our side series next week. Our first our first side series. What would you like to introduce the name of our side series, Gary? Oh, yeah. Because this is your creation. <laughs> <laughs> so, like mentioned last week, we are... Um, we are going to look at the movies of Rob Schneider, who played Nazo in um, in this movie. So we, we just thought that it was right to celebrate him going forward for a couple of weeks. And our miniseries is called Taking a Deuce, named after his character, Deuce Bigelow. And talking about Deuce Bigelow, next week we are going to be doing a double bill with double Deuce, bill. Bigelow, Deuce Bigelow 1 and two so four weeks of schneider to change things up a bit just a little little spice in the mix and then we're back with sandler back in a big way one of my favorite adam sandler movies and little nicky rob schneider for a couple of weeks first but apart from that we got rob schneider um follow us on our instagram at so sandler's pod twitter so sandler's pod if you want send us a message i just want to say a thanks to nick who gave us some feedback for the podcast um this week we've taken things on board so unfortunately i am gonna have to go through and edit a couple of stuff here (laughs) um but yeah big big thanks to nick for getting well for um giving us some feedback and letting us know what was working what wasn't working things like that um if you could let your friends know about the podcast get them to subscribe to the podcast the more numbers we get the higher in the charts we appear the more people get to listen and then the more the likelihood is we'll be able to carry this on for longer. Also, send us an email at sosandraspod at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify five stars. And just leave us a little review and we'll read that out on the podcast. If you have any questions, I'm sure you go and rewind. <laughs> yeah. If not, ask us in the comments. Oh shit. But okay. Just look forward to Rob Schneider. We'll see everybody next week. All yeah, right. okay. Bye everyone. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Peace and love. <laughs>